We'll be reading from 2 Kings chapter 20. 2 Kings chapter 20. And we'll begin in verse 1. 2 Kings chapter 20. And we'll begin in verse 1. Would you stand as the scriptures read, please? 2 Kings chapter 20, beginning in verse 1. In those days, Hezekiah was sick and near death. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amoz, went to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. Then he turned his face toward the wall and prayed to the Lord, saying, Remember now, O Lord, I pray, how I have walked before you in truth and with a loyal heart and have done what was good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. And it happened before Isaiah had gone out into the middle court that the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Return and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people, Thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Surely I will heal you. On the third day, you shall go up to the house of the Lord, and I will add to your days 15 years, and I will deliver you in this city from the hand of Assyria, and I will defend this city for my own sake, for the sake of my servant David. Then Isaiah said, Take a lump of figs, and they took it and laid on the boil, and he recovered. And Hezekiah said to Isaiah, What is the sign that the Lord will heal me, and I will go up to the house of the Lord the third day? Then Isaiah said, This is the sign to you from the Lord that the Lord will do the thing which he has spoken. Shall the shadow go forward ten degrees? Or go backward ten degrees? And Hezekiah answered, It's an easy thing for the shadow to go down ten degrees. But let the shadow go backward ten degrees. So Isaiah the prophet cried out to the Lord, and he brought the shadow ten degrees backward, by which it had gone down on the sundial of Ahaz. Let's pray together, please. Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for what you teach us about suffering, about healing, and about walking with you. We know, according to your word, from cover to cover, you are capable of handling any and all problems. And you are God, and nothing's impossible with you. We ask that you would remind us of that when we need you the most in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. This morning we observe Job in his extreme suffering. And I think we can all agree Job's suffering was very extreme. Now we observe another man's suffering, which is just as extreme because this suffering was, of course, first announced to be terminal, and that's King Hezekiah. King Hezekiah was the king of Judah during, of course, the ministry of Isaiah. Isaiah the prophet called to his bedside. The first thing we notice here is suffering is universal among all classes of human society. Even the king wasn't exempt. The most powerful man in the region 
And since he was a king of that country, we could say he was one of the most powerful men in the world, even though Israel did not dominate a world empire. He was one of the most powerful men, as wealthy of an individual, more wealth than thousands of individuals would ever need to maintain a lifestyle. That's where he was. But all of his wealth, all his power, all of his authority could not stem the tide of human suffering. And so we realize if we are prone to say, why me? Suffering comes to all classes and all people. The fact that we're walking in a human body means sooner or later we will have pain and suffering. It's part of the human condition living down here. However, the second point is the king's illness affected more people than just his family. You see, the king's illness affected all other levels of society in the country. And since the king was stricken with a terminal illness, this affected the whole country. Now, we might say, well, I don't know if that would happen today or not. If you had the president of the United States, whoever that president is, were to fall ill and die suddenly, it would affect the stock market. It would affect all of our international relations. It would affect even the global market. And I promise you, somehow, some way, in all that we, we, as, we don't know the powers in the cosmos that affected this, but I guarantee you, it seems to be totally unrelated, but gasoline prices would go up the next day too. We know it would happen. You know it would happen. But see, this was even equally more so in the United States we have a process in place where leadership steps in if the president suddenly falls ill or is assassinated. We have a process through which there are channels, and if one successor is not available, another. The Constitution allows for this. However, when Isaiah said, set your house in order, he meant a lot more than just spiritual matters, although that is quite important. What he was saying is, you need to start giving some final commands. Here's the reason why. Hezekiah did not have anyone that would be an heir to the throne. At that time, he didn't have a son. They didn't have any, any process in place to select leadership. And you might say, well, wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Look down at chapter 21, verse, uh, I mean, verse 21 of the same chapter. Hezekiah rested with his fathers, and Manasseh, his son, reigned in his place. I thought you said he didn't have a son. Well, look down at the very next verse, verse 1 of chapter 21. Manasseh was 12 years old when he became king. Now, how many years did God say he would live after this? 15. We can do the math. His son wasn't born yet. And, of course, let me just cover this. How can a 12-year-old be the king? They had a cabinet of people to kind of co regent with him during king. I mean, you didn't have a preteen, good grief, a seventh grader, king. Oh, that's, just, that's awesome to think about that. But we realize at the particular time, here's the king about to die, and he has not made any plans on any successor. And Isaiah comes into his, his bedroom and says, you got business to attend to. You set your house in order because you're going to die. And so we realize his response is the fact that it says he turned toward the wall. Now, 
Earlier, you remember Ahab didn't get Naboth's vineyard and he turned toward the wall and pouted until Jezebel said, well, just kill the guy. Well, this is not what Hezekiah was doing. He wasn't pouting. He turned his face toward the wall, probably for more privacy. But at that time, people would always, if they could, face the direction of the temple when they prayed. So they would always pray toward that place. And it could have been that. But in response, first of all, of course, he turned toward the wall and he prayed. And he prayed to the Lord. And, of course, you might say, was, was he bargaining with God? Wasn't he saying, I've done all these things, you owe me a favor? Not necessarily. He says, perhaps, and the scholars agree, he wanted to keep on with what he had started. Because when you read, of course, uh, an earlier chapter, in verse chapter 18, when he comes into power, it says that Hezekiah began to reign. He was 25 years when he became king. He reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Abi, the daughter of Zechariah. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord, according to his father David had done. He removed the high places, broke the sacred pillars, cut down the wooden image, broke in pieces the bronze servant that Moses had made. For until those days, the children of Israel burned incense to it and called it Neshuthan. He trusted in the Lord God of Israel so that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah, nor who were before him. For he held fast to the Lord. He did not depart from following him, but kept his commandments which the Lord God had commanded Moses. So we know that what he said was true. So he was talking to God and saying, all this has been done. And he said a prayer. And obviously he said a prayer concerning healing because you remember when Isaiah came back, he said, your prayer is heard and you'll be healed. Then it said he wept bitterly. Why would he weep bitterly? Well, you get to thinking about it. Uh, he had family. He had friends. He has life here. I know we have a lot over there to look forward to, but we have a lot here to hold on to as well. And, of course, in Second uh, Chronicles, it says that he repented. So whatever was going on between him and the Lord, he wept bitterly, and he repented. And God's answer, of course, is this. Isaiah had left, and he had prayed. And I mean, before Isaiah got out of the building, God turned him around and said, Thus says the Lord God of David your father, I have heard your prayer, I have seen your tears. Surely I will heal you. On the third day, you'll be going to church. You're going to the house of the Lord. And Isaiah said, take a lump of figs, and they took it and laid it on the boil, and he covered it. Now we know what was wrong with him. He had some sort of septic boil. And it says, of course, in Isaiah that he made a poultice out of the figs. Figs were used as a healing property. Did not know that. Uh, I think I'll try to eat more fig preserves now, but they did not know that. But Isaiah says... The Lord is going to heal him. And, of course, he said, by the way, he still needs to take his medicine. So he put the, the, the uh, poultice on there. And he was healed, and he lived another 15 years. But then 
Hezekiah was still, sometimes our faith is like Hezekiah's. It still really wasn't ready to stand on his own two feet yet. He said, how do I know this is going to come true? And Isaiah said, okay, what do you prefer? For the shadow to go forward 10 degrees on the sundial or to go backward 10 degrees on the sundial? Of course, Hezekiah thought about it. He said, well, it's going forward anyway. So I'm going to say if it's really God, let him go back. 10 degrees on the sundial. Sundial, of course, is the one that kept, that's how they kept time. So it went back 10 degrees. By going back 10 degrees, we know it added extra daylight to the later hours of the day. And now that, ladies and gentlemen, is the first legitimate daylight saving time. <laughs> and with that, is there anything before we close? <laughs> Let's stand and be dismissed with a word of prayer.